0: moving of things. So if you are interested in helping with some behind the scenes, that would be helpful. Um, there's also a family who's going to need help, uh, moving and, uh, there is irrigation work that pastor would always love for you to be a part of helping with. So if you are interested in getting involved in a deeper way, please feel free to join us Thursday at seven o'clock. Yeah. Happy time. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like rolling through it. So I'll give you a little behind the scenes because it's just what we do. It's happy time. And if you would like an envelope for your tithes or offerings, raise your hand. And one of these wonderful gentlemen in gray shirts will assist you. Behind the scenes. So on Sunday nights, you know, when you've been a believer for a long time, Sunday morning, you you go home, you have a good lunch, and then you take a nap and you see if if you're a person of faith you take a nap for a few hours. So then comes Sunday night. You're like, "Yes, Lord." But you're not really super awake. So Miss P and I were deciding who was going to do what tonight and she said, "What are you doing tonight?" and I said, "Nothing." And she said, oh, it's good. So you're going to welcome the people and you're going to do offering, right? I went, uh-huh. Yes, ma'am. Good old yes, ma'am. So this is what you get tonight. Post nap, lots of teenagers. We're living life together, right? Welcome to our family church. So here's what I need you to know about offering. First of all, God loves a cheerful giver. We never give in response to pressure or because someone told you to. You purpose in your heart what you're going to give an offering and you obey God in tithing, right? So my favorite is Philippians 4.19. Anyone know it? This is Lane. Okay, raise your hand if you know Luke 6.38. Thank you, children's church people and SMTI graduates. Wow, okay. You need to memorize them. There are a few scriptures that pastor, T, well, a few, there's a lot, okay? But if you've been around here for any number of years, uh, Luke 638 and Philippians 419 are foundational in your life. So Luke 638, I'm going to say it and you you say it with me, okay? Give and it will be good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over with the same measure you give it will be given to you again right okay sad y'all need to memorize that one okay philippians 419 is an offering verse and it talks about um, when you sow into the kingdom of god that he will supply all of your needs not according to your job not according to how much you ask him or how hard you work But by his riches and glory. So when we're living God's way. And we're living in God's economic system. According to his plan. Then he blesses in his way. Not according to this world. Good. Let's speak some faith over our giving. Yeah. Yeah. You want to stand with me? We're going to worship here in a minute. I do know that comes next. As we bring the Lord's tithe. And give offerings today. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so that I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously into the kingdom of God, and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You can bring your offering up and then join us at the altar for worship.
1: And there's one. the air, I'm breathing, I want your presence, feed on the earth, heart full of heaven, seal for you, completely consumes me, I can't get enough, can't get enough of you, you're fire,
2: You give hope You restore Every heart That is broken Great are You Lord It's Your breath In our lungs So we pour In our lungs, so we pour out our praise to You only. One last time, we sing all the earth.
3: Father, we love you with all of our heart, all of our strength, all of our life. And we know you're the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, we know that you're God and you change not. So in life, if somebody has to change us, it's not going to be you, it's got to be us. You said we're changed from glory to glory as we behold you. And tonight... As we teach your holy written word, I want to thank you in advance that we're going to learn more of your language so we can speak what you consider our native tongue, the language of faith, because you're a faith God, and faith pleases you. So thank you for helping me to articulate and to teach the word of God clearly so that everyone gets it and understands it so they can receive more answers to things they have questions about in life, receive more victories and win the battles of life. And we just want to thank you again that faith comes by hearing your word. Faith pleases you. That we're to walk by faith and not by sight. Thank you, Lord, that we're learning to speak faith more and more and more and more. Every day of our lives, in Jesus' name, amen. Man, you can be seated. You can be seated. Hallelujah. Open up your Bibles to Mark chapter 11, verse 22 and 23. And if you were here last week, of course, it's on the internet too, that uh, we taught last week that, that faith has a voice. How many were here and heard that? faith has a voice amen faith has a voice and one of the passages that i used last week was right here mark chapter 11 how many appreciate the holy ghost amen he he talked to me as we were finishing that little bit last little bit of worship and helped me to understand more about what i'm going to teach tonight be able to explain it to you and so i want you to look at mark 11 verse 22 and 23 to start off with we started here last week. Well, I'll look at it again. Mark 11, verse 22 and 23. I'll give you a chance to get there. And uh, as I closed out this morning, I, I made the comment to the people who were here this morning. I said, I said this, how many of you have ever been to language school? Of course, I doubt if anybody has. I know that uh, Mrs. Pastor's dad, years and years ago, like probably 60, 70 years ago, uh, came from Indiana, or from Rhode Island to California to go to language school learn how to speak Spanish so for the army, he could go down to to uh, South America and work for the army down in South America, but he had to learn the language before he went there. And so as Christians, as Christians, tonight's going to be a, a language school class. And uh, according to the Bible, your, la- your, your, your native language should not be English or Spanish. Your native language should be the language of faith. And your secondary language should be whatever it is you speak. And so Mark 11 verse 22 Jesus answered and saith unto them have faith in God or another translation so more literally have the faith of God use your faith like God used his faith and the way to learn how God used his faith is you go back to Genesis chapter 1 as anybody ever read the first book of the Bible Genesis 1 it says in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth and how did he do that God said he spoke the language let there be light God said, let the waters cover the earth. God said, let dry land appear. God said, God said, God said. God spoke the language of faith. He spoke what he wanted, and I believe it would come to pass, and he got it. So Jesus said, have the faith of God, for verily I say unto you, that whosoever shall say, and I I circled those two words in my Bible. I write my Bible because I want to remember things that are important to me as I circled whosoever and I circled say the reason being is because I take it personal as God talking to me and when I read about Jesus words it's Jesus talking to me and I always like to point this out because I want to head the devil off at the pass you know what that means you want to stop him before he stops you and see he throws fiery darts at your minds at my mind to try to get us to doubt what God said And so because there are such things as religious spirits, which are not the Holy Spirit, they're demon spirits, there's religious spirits that'll lie to you about the Bible, and there's preachers and believers that are deceived by religious spirits. And they try to change what the Bible says. And if you get those lies in your head, then it stops you from receiving what God has. And so Jesus was talking to 12 apostles. Then when he addressed them, he didn't say... Now, you 12 apostles, if you will say... He said, I'm telling you 12 apostles how faith works. Whosoever shall say. And so in my Bible, beside that, I wrote, I'm whosoever, so he's talking to me. Amen. He's talking to me because I'm a whosoever. You're not one of the 12 apostles. We're reading what he said to the 12 apostles because it's written in the Bible. He said, I'm telling you, whosoever, if Colin shall say... If Leah shall say, if Joe and Nadine shall say. He said, whosoever shall say. And so he started to talk about the language of faith. He's telling how the language of faith works, but tonight we're going to get into some more detail. He said, whoever shall say unto this mountain. And this morning we had a lot of people came up because they got a word of knowledge come forth. That people were ready to give up and quit on God and quit on life to come up here had the good hands laid over them and God was going to help them and so they came up here and they had mountains we didn't talk to any of them to hear what they were but they had mountains and so Jesus said whosoever shall say uh, to this mountain and if you're here tonight and you've got a big problem in your life if you've got a big a big person of authority in your life that's doing you wrong I'm not talking about the authorities that are uh, watched over the laws of the land I'm talking about somebody somewhere a big boss A neighbor this big or somebody else in authority that's doing you wrong and absolutely doing, and doing things that you can't handle. It's not too big for God, but you got to speak his language. You got to speak his language. Whosoever shall say to this mountain, be thou removed, be thou cast into the sea and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he what saith. I circled that again. That's key. Everything Jesus talked about this language of faith is saying and talking saith, shall believe those things he saith cut past, he shall have whatsoever he saith. He saith. And so you've got to learn the language, Talk about the language of faith, and as we were worshipping God, I saw something so clear, I'd never equated before. I've been to South America, been to Central America, been to other parts of the world, but I've been to South America, Central America more than anybody the last few years, and uh, just a, uh, what do they call this, a public confession or whatever, I've always joked about speaking Spanish and, you know, uh, Latino things. I just, I just always kind of joked about it, never serious about it. I come to California 18 years ago from Indiana, we never had any Spanish speaking people out there. So I came out here and everybody talking these languages. I just kind of lightly joked around, but never a put down. And I think sometimes some of my Spanish speaking friends kind of got offended because I made jokes about it. I shouldn't have done that. I should have been learning the language. Amen. So that's just public confession. If I ever offended anybody by joking about the language, I'm sorry. But I didn't mean to do it that way. I just was a joker. But what I'm saying that saying is this. When I went down, when I've been in South America and uh, Central America and places down there, it was really, really, really tough to be able to maneuver without somebody helping me. I couldn't speak the language because I never learned the language. It was always just something I, I took lightheartedly. It's just I couldn't do it because I didn't need it here because everybody here pretty much speaks the same language, English and a lot of Spanish where we're at here. But it makes it a whole lot easier to communicate and get things done if you can speak the language. Amen. And so I was realizing then, and I'm going to show you this in the word of God. I was realizing then that's how it is with people like me that become fluent in the language of faith. That's like. Uh, the, the first verse we used this morning out of Hebrews 5, Paul said there's a lot of things I'd like to say to you, but you can't understand them. And so I, I realized as I was worshiping the Lord, that there's people in Christianity that are like, really more advanced than I was, because I didn't even learn the phrases much of Spanish and, and those things. I just do something, you know, I mean, I'd like to learn the olas and the gracias and the donadas and, you know, the mucho gustos and the bonus bonus nachos and you know things like that I learned little phrases but not enough to help me accomplish anything if I had somebody interpreting for me being with me but you know what the Lord told me right there he said that's how it is with Christians he said a lot of Christians have learned some phrases but they're not fluent they've learned enough phrases to be able to get along with other Christians but they don't speak the language they don't know it. They've just been around Christians enough, they know some phrases. Amen. You know, I think about Christians, a lot of Christians in our church. There's a lot of people in this church, they know a few phrases, but they just visit and don't stay around long enough to learn the language. When you become, become fluent in faith, that's, that's when you receive healing quickly if you need it. When you become fluent in faith, receive favor quickly if you need it. When you fluent in faith, you receive financial support. You receive jobs, like our financial faith confession. That's speaking the language of faith. When you learn the language of faith where you're fluent in it, it's just like I, to me, when I came out here, one of the most amazing things to me was that the people I saw that were the most fluent in both languages, English and Spanish, I, I see some of these people, cashiers, at people, servers in restaurants like that, they could talk to me in English and immediately just flip right into Spanish, talking to somebody else, go back and forth so fluent like that. I thought, man, how do they do that? It's because they were serious and they wanted to get ahead in life. And it amazed me, because I know that most of them were probably not highly educated people or they wouldn't be working in restaurants. And that's not a put down. It's just saying that's where they come vested in life. They could do their, and do a good job. And so your faith level has nothing to do with your education. Your faith level has everything to do with your dedication. How much you want to dedicate yourself to learning the language. Amen? And so I'm going to look at some things tonight. And keep in mind, last week we talked about faith has a voice. This week we're talking about the language of faith. And uh, I, I'm just thinking about this. This is so real, but I want to point out a couple things that kind of lays a foundation. I want you to look at Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. Philippians chapter 3, verse 20. And if you're a serious student of the word, and that's what a disciple is, is a student. His, his disciples always called him teacher because they were disciples. If we consider ourselves to be Jesus' disciples, then we need to be students too. And students of the word of God. That's his textbook. But in Philippians 3, verse 20, now I've got King James, but in my, in my center column, uh, it says a little different of what the original Greek is it says for our conversation is in heaven and the center column says that the Greek says our citizenship is from heaven does anybody have a Bible that says that's your citizenship and so we're citizens not of planet earth and I'm going to show you that in a minute that we're just visitors on planet earth and if you will I was thinking as worshipping God we're at the book of Hebrews in a minute we're actually legal aliens on earth We're aliens down here. We're here temporary, but our citizenship is from heaven. And so if our citizenship is from heaven, shouldn't we learn heaven's language? Amen. My citizenship, I was in Honduras recently. Mrs. Pastor and I went to Honduras. My citizenship was U.S. My passport says my citizenship is United States. But I was a visitor temporarily of Honduras. And so because I'm from the United States... The, uh, the, the legal language of the United States, or whatever they call it, the main language of the United States of the country, is English. That's our primary language here, is English. We've got a lot of other eng- languages, but our primary language is English. And so for me to go to Hon- Honduras, I wasn't a citizen there, I was a visitor. I was there temporary, and been there temporary, uh, I knew our language, but not theirs. And so it says our citizenship is in heaven. And I want you to look also that at Hebrews eleven 13, and we're talking about learning the language of your home country. Hebrews eleven thirteen, 13, talking about the, the, the heroes of faith that Hebrews 11 talks about says this, these all died in faith, not having received their promises, having seen them afar off and persuaded them and embraced them and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on earth. We are strangers and pilgrims on earth. We're passing through very temporarily. And when you study the prayer of Jesus in John chapter 17, and how many ever studied that prayer? John chapter 7 we're not going there. How many's ever read John 17? Jesus' last prayer, we said, I'm praying for these that are here. But I'm also praying on those in the future that will become part of the family. And what did Jesus say? He said, Father, they're in the world, but not of the world. We've got to get a hold of that. We are in this world, not of this world. We're different people. We're aliens down here. We're legal aliens because we were born into this world. That's the way you come in here legal. You're born into it. We're born into an earth suit in this world. But the one that lives in this earth suit has a citizenship in heaven. That's who we are. And so I think about, uh, I was in Austria some too. And I remember in Austria, uh, you know, there's a lot of things there that are like the World War II. I remember some of those buildings there, they rebuilt. They were old buildings, fancy buildings. But nobody there spoke English. So it was really tough just to point at things and and just... Like, you know, uh, what's some of that? And they stare at you. So you kind of have to make motions like that cause you don't know what to do. And that's like it is if I want to pray for somebody that doesn't know the language of faith. And all they can do is stand up here and sputter things about the problem. Well, they're not speaking the same language I'm speaking. I'm trying to speak faith, and they're speaking world. Jesus said in the world, you'll have tribulations. But then the faith side is this. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the world. So the language of faith says, I don't care what the problem is. I belong to Jesus. He overcame. I overcome. And so mountain, you're going to be removed. Whether you like it or not, you have to go. But somebody that just knows phrases, you can't help them. All they do stand there, all they say is, but. And I'll say, well, but God is bigger. Yeah, but. And they'll say, but, and I'll say, but greater see it's in you. I'll say, are you born again? I'm born again. i say, well, where's the Holy Ghost live? Holy Ghost. I never learned that language. Is that in our language? Yeah. Holy Ghost. He's in you. He is. And that's like me trying to tell somebody. I remember when I was in Austria. Man, I used to hear the word on TV show stuff, schnitzel. We're going to have some wiener schnitzel. And so my friend and I, we went in this restaurant and I didn't know anything. And so they got all this stuff out there to look at like that. And I just thought, man, I, I know this. I want some schnitzel. And so then, you know, they kind of look at me and a little bit of ignorance they do. I got this out of, well, what kind of schnitzel? I thought, man, I didn't know there was more than one schnitzel. <laughs> and so I had this, they had this great big glass with the meat in there that wasn't cooked yet. Had they had this schnitzel, this schnitzel, this schnitzel, this... I I didn't know what schnitzel to pick out. They probably had 50 schnitzels in there. Well, think about Christians and our faith. That's why we say many times, what is it you want God to do? I want to give me some schnitzel. What kind of schnitzel do you want? You want a healing schnitzel? Does your family need family get-together schnitzel? Do you need job schnitzel? Oh, I'm serious. You know, when you're, when you're talking to the Lord, I think about the blind man. When you read the Bible, Jesus had a blind man come to him for healing. I, he said, what well, do you want me to do for you? And to people looking that don't play the language, they think, well, it ought to be obvious, Jesus. He's blind. But you know what? People come my line with things like that. And they might say, well, if you just pray for me that I get on government benefits, then that'll help me. Well, don't you want healed? I want the benefits. Well, I would have been praying the wrong prayer for them if I would have prayed for healing. Or they might have been saying, uh, I'd like to have one of those red-tipped canes. Pray for me to get a red-tipped cane. You have to be specific and speak the language of what you want. Or I'd like to have somebody, like to have somebody to get me a C&I dog. See, there's so many things that when you're talking to God, you have to be able to talk His language what it is you want. He'll gladly get you a cane if that's all you want. He'll get you a see an eye dog if that's what you want. He'll get you government benefits to take care of you if that's what you want. He'll get you a personal assistant to walk around and lead you by the hand if that's what you want. Or he'll heal your eyes. Amen. You've got to learn to speak the language. Our citizenship is from heaven, so we need to learn heaven's language. Amen? Amen. And so, and so anyway, I want to keep on looking at this here. I want you to go to... Uh, Well, I'm going to hit Romans 10 again just briefly passing through because some of you didn't see this. And the ones that did, you slept since then, so you probably forgot it. Unless you do what I tell you every service, bring your Bible, bring your pen, bring your notebook. Write it down and go back and review it again. And do you know that most of what I've learned from other people is because I take notes and I pull them out and I look at them. And the first time I look at them, I put yellow through it. Next time I look at it, I take my red pen and write red circles around things that jump off at me. And then things that really mean a lot to me, I write them down on three by five cards and read them again. That's how I learn, because I'm a serious student of the Word. I want to learn, I want to know. And so Romans chapter 10, I want you to notice something. Verse 6, and we're talking about the language of faith tonight, but Romans 10 verse 6 says... The righteousness which of and I circled these two words faith speaketh faith speaks faith speaks faith has a voice you've got to learn the language to speak the language of faith but faith always speaks and I'll just read this passage explain it just a little bit before I move on so you'll see how faith works faith speaks on this wise say not in thine heart who shall ascend into heaven that is to bring Christ down from above or who shall descend into the deep? That's to bring up Christ again from the dead. And what he's saying right there in simple terms, if you're a true born-again Christian, you know that Jesus died for your sins. You know that Jesus went down into hell and took the keys of death and hell away from Satan and defeated Satan, broke his power over us, and then Jesus ascended up into heaven seated at the right hand of God. That happened past tense. It's never going to happen again. And so what he's saying to people that understands understand faith this, it says, what does faith say? Faith doesn't say, send Jesus down to die for me. He already did. Faith doesn't say, if only Jesus would save me, he already did. Faith doesn't say that. And so in other words, faith says what the Word of God says has already taken place for you. Amen. In other words, he said to these people here, They're still looking for a savior, talking to Jewish people. He said, they're not he said, faith doesn't say, send the Messiah, because Messiah's already been here. And so I I guess I guess what he's trying to tell these people that every time somebody gets saved, that Jesus has that the Father has to say, Jesus, go down again, you have to die again. Uh Nadine wants saved. You have to go down, you have to do that for Nadine. No, he already did it for Nadine. And well, look, there's a guy named Raymond. Ray, Raymond's getting hungry. He, he, he's spiritually hungry. Jesus, go down, and die again. You have to die again for Raymond. No, he did it one time. For everybody. Amen. That pertains to healing. The financial verses that, uh, Katie talked about a while ago. Anything there is that you need in this life, Jesus already did it. Past tense. Past tense. The Lavish Faith says it's done. That's what amen means. Amen is this. Amen is so be it. In my life, amen is so be it. I was healed, so I am. Amen. In my life, amen is so be it. My carb needs are met. My house needs are met. Provision's already been made. Amen is so be it. In other words, because I'm a son of the living God, I don't have to beg for healing. The language of faith doesn't beg. The language of faith doesn't beg for money. Oh father, if you just give me, just, 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 just give me a scrap, just barely enough to get by for a week, if you just give me a bye for one week, oh, 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 like that, faith doesn't talk that way. Faith says, thank you father, that because I belong to you, I live for you, I serve you, that your word says, break my tide to the storehouse, you'll open the windows of heaven, your blessings on my life. Your word says you rebuke the devour for my sake. And so really, I don't want to ask you for anything. I just want to thank you, Lord. You're working in my life. Your word, your word, your word. Faith always speaks the word. Faith says what the word of God says. And so look at this next verse then. It says, but what saith? what does faith say? The word is near thee. Lay it in your Bible on the shelf at home. The word is near you. I think I put it in the trunk last week. I've known Christians that finally found their Bible where they couldn't find it for a while, laid under a bunch of old clothes in the trunk. Amen. And so the word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart. In your mouth and in your heart. In your mouth and in your heart. In your mouth, in your mouth, in your mouth, in your mouth. mouth. In your mouth, if you're going to speak the language, you better get the word into your heart and come it out of your mouth. Language does you no good. It's not the language of silence. And I I was thinking this morning, I, I can't remember what the context was, but I wasn't raised in a Christian home. And so different times over the years as a child, you know, I might be if somebody else stayed all night and go to a church. I remember one time we went to a church and I think about it now and now that I'm older and I know about churches and life and denominations the church didn't believe in talking it was silence it was all let's have our silent meditation and I was a little kid and all these people got down to this altar and most of the service just people sitting there like this and I never saw anywhere in the Bible the language of silence except sometimes in the presence of God be still know that I'm God and that's because you talk too much Cause if you'd shut up for a while when well, you're not supposed to be talking, then you can hear him talking. You know, there's people that'll try to out-talk you and try to out-talk me, and I've never tried to out-talk somebody. But I've tried to help people, and I was talking, they can't be interrupted, finally I just shut up and go silent. I thought, well, they really don't want help, they ask me a question, but they're telling me all the all the answers to so what do they need me for. So I just shut up. Well, that's how the Lord is. If you're gonna try to out-talk him, he's gonna be quiet till you shut up. But anyway, That was just so strange. These people, I think they probably knew the Lord. I don't know because they never talked. But I remember when I was a kid, I kept thinking, this is weird because I had business in churches. This is weird. These people is going to have silent meditation. And you know, even as a child that didn't know anything about anything, I knew there's something wrong with this. This isn't right. Faith doesn't come by silent meditation. Faith comes by hearing the word of God. Amen. And so he says, he says right here, That the Word of God's got to be in two places to be effective, in your heart and in your mouth. Now, as born-again believers, to become fluent in our native language, we've got to read the language book. And that would be the Bible. I want to look at Matthew chapter 8. Matthew chapter 8. How many like been in language school, by the way? amen well if you're listening taking notes this will really help you in Matthew chapter 8 we're going to look at verses 8 through 10 and to me this is such a really good demonstration of Jesus showing how important the language of faith is to him and as I there's, you know like I said there's so many things that I can share with you but I can't i got to watch out. I don't overdose people that are still in preschool when it comes to faith. You know, I think we probably have some college-level college faith people in the church, but we still got some preschoolers in faith. But just different verses I know. In Jeremiah 3, God said, I watch over my word to confirm it. I watch over my word. In Isaiah 55, he says, my word, my word... It's like the rain and the snow that come down to the earth. When my word comes down, it's like the snow coming into the ground and melting. It causes something to happen before it comes back up. You know, things evaporate and come back up. It says it causes seed to grow. causes the earth to produce. He said my word's like that. When it comes down from heaven, first time God's word came down from heaven is when he spoke to men's hearts and they wrote it down and they called it the Bible. Well, that came from heaven right now that word through me is coming to you. It came from heaven through the Bible coming to you and then as it comes to you it's like rain coming down because Jesus said our hearts are God's soil and so this word into your heart into that soil will get into you and it'll start building faith in you which is like the seed in the ground germinating and this is not really deep that's why I got to watch the things I say so I'm not over people's heads but Isaiah 55 he said it makes the earth to break forth and bud And so when you're hearing healing taught, the Word of God came down from heaven, come through a preacher, gets into your heart, and then you begin to speak it out. You begin to pray it out. What's it do? It goes back up. What's the rain do and the the moisture of the earth? It comes back up. It gets in the atmosphere, comes down again, goes up, comes down, but it caused something to happen. So the Word comes down, gets into you, comes out of your mouth, goes back up to heaven, and then the answer comes from you because your faith touched heaven and then, what happens if you had healing seed that was being preached, that seed brought forth in mud, just like tomatoes, oranges, anything else, whatever it is planted that 's what comes up and so whatever you get planted in you yeah, that's what will be produced out of you, but that 's the process, but that's the language of faith. Does that make sense that's that's how this thing works, but you 've got to learn the language and Oh boy, I just I just think about talking to people that know phrases. That was such a good thing the Lord gave me. I'm not going to forget that. That helps me understand a lot of things in life. And I tried to help people. It's like me being goofy, trying to make fun about a language I didn't know, and so what could I get out of it? Nothing. But when you just know phrases but don't know the language, it's hard to get answers. That really is hard for somebody to help you if you don't know the language because you don't understand it and so in Matthew chapter 8 verse 8 and this, this was an army officer that had a servant that was paralyzed to come to Jesus for help and Jesus said yeah I'll heal him but look at this that this centurion this army officer answered said Lord I'm not worthy that thou shouldst come under my roof but here's, here's the primary principle of the language is faith But speak the word only. Speak the word only. Speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. Speak the word only. That's the language of faith. That's why I've talked so so much about you have to learn the language of silence before you learn the language of faith. The language of silence, what is that? If you can't keep your mouth shut, the Bible teaches much about that. I was telling somebody this morning here in the church, we were talking, I said, when I first got bored again, because I'm so grateful that my computer screen was empty, didn't have computers back then, they had the big monsters in buildings, but my, my spirit and my mind were totally blank about the Bible, I knew nothing, and so Jesus could program me, but I have to deprogram me first, and so a lot of people have been programmed wrong spiritually, so they have to have the screen erased and get a new screen. One of the first places the Lord took me in my private time, because I was single, didn't have a family to take care of, I devoured the Bible. I spent time with Jesus every day. He took me through the book of Proverbs and I can just start talking right now and quote you a dozen Proverbs scriptures about your tongue. And so I learned the best thing I can do is keep my mouth shut because I don't know the language. I didn't hear. I never heard th- such thing called the language of faith. But I was around enough Christians knew how to talk right I thought I can't say anything, so I was just a very silent person. I wouldn't you know, I would joke around with a lot of people now. I didn't joke about one single thing back then. I never I never made jokes for probably the first half a dozen years of my Christian life because I wanted to speak the language. Anything wasn't speaking the language, I stay shut up. But the book of Proverbs just teaches over and over and over again, and people won't know how stupid you are as long as you stay silent. That's Proverbs seventeen, verse twenty seven, twenty-eight, my paraphrase. That if you, if you keep your mouth shut, they don't know if you know a lot or if you're ignorant. But as soon as you open your mouth, they'll locate you. Jesus said in Matthew 12, abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. And so I learned the language of silence. But if you're a person that is still so much living out of your soul and out of the flesh and you won't discipline yourself, learn the language of silence, go down to Walmart and Irma, can you give me a price check? small real gray tape <laughs> and I, that, that's a joke I joke about that but you would be better off to take your mouth if you can't talk right why is that Jesus said the way language works on earth you have what you say so if you keep on saying I'll never get it I'll never get it I'll never get it if you needed something and you pray a prayer but then all the time all day long well, I'll never have that that's too much for me I do not say that's too expensive. I've never said that. Nothing's too expensive for my God. I never say my family can never have that. Because my family is from heaven. And God's my father. I never say that. I would never say to the kids. I don't have to say it now because they're all grandkids. But I never told the kids. We can't afford that. What I always told my children was this. We can pray for that. We can sow a seed to get that. But I never said, kids, I'm sorry, all those sinners up the street can have it. But our family can never have that. I never said that. Because that's what you're saying. If the world has all those things, why would you tell your kids they can't have those things? I'm not talking about the good nice things of life. I'm not talking about things that pull you away from God and cause you to sin. Amen. Because you have whatsoever you say at the language of faith. And so this man said, speak the word only. And my servant shall be healed. And then look at this, why there's so much authority in the language of faith. He said, I'm a man under authority, he's a soldier. He's a high ranking officer, but he said, He said, I'm under authority. I got said, I've got guys over me. He said, I have soldiers under me, and I say to this man, go and he goeth, to another come and he cometh to my servant, do this and he doeth it. And when Jesus heard it, the language of faith speaking, He marveled and said to them that followed, Verily I say unto you, I have not found so great faith. I have not found so great faith. No, not in Israel. And then, verse 13, Because this man was speaking the language of faith, Jesus said to the centurion, Go thy way. Now look at this. And as thou hast believed, so be it done unto thee. As thou hast believed, so be it done unto me. See, people that don't really study their Bible think that Jesus just did everything in spite of the people around them what they believed. Jesus did not say, well, it's a good thing you met me today. I'm the son of God. Man, good things are going to happen to you. And this is your lucky day. You ran into me. He didn't say that. He said, as you have believed, so be it done unto thee. Think about that. As you have believed. Well, how can you know what somebody believes? It's the mouth. The man said, Speak the word only, my servant shall be healed. And when you read that passage, the only thing Jesus ever said about the whole thing was before this man spoke, he said, I'll come and heal him. He said, Just speak the word only. Well Jesus already spoke it. He said, I'll come and heal him. He said, Speak the word only and he'll be healed. So what did he believe? He would be healed by the words that were spoken. That's what he believed. He didn't beg. He didn't try to prove how much he deserved it because all the good deeds he did. All he said was, Jesus, I recognize that you have authority because Jesus had a reputation all in that area there. He cast out demons. He raised the dead. He healed the sick. Blind eyes open. Uh, deaf ears open mutinous healed he just healed people everywhere he went when people reached out he healed them sometimes the Holy Ghost did by the gifts of the spirit but the main thing was the guy said this I recognize Jesus there's authority in the things you say will you tell demons come out they come out will you tell the dead to be raised they come up you have authority in your words so you speak the word only and Jesus said wow this man's got a hold of it the language of faith it always works And let me tell you something else too I thought about. People that are not serious about learning the language of faith just know how to navigate around the faith language around people that really do know the language they think that faith is just being positive. Now listen to what I'm going to say. Faith is not positive thinking positive speaking only. How many have ever heard I read stories of some people very positive about speaking positive things and died at 28 years old of a heart attack. Or things happen where they just drop over dead for no reason, but they were motivational speakers that were very positive. Well, if that's all faith was, then you don't even have to get saved to have faith. Faith is positive. Now listen to this. You might want to write this down. Because the Word of God is positive. So when you're speaking when you're speaking the language of faith, you're speaking the Word of God. When you're speaking the Word of God, it's positive. I think about when Pastor Dave had the leukemia. All we did was stuck with the Word of God, and people said, boy, you guys have such a positive attitude. Well, I guess it was a positive attitude, but it's much more than that, because everybody with went to that hospital didn't come out. What it was, was our faith was in the Word of God, and we refuse to say anything about his condition except what the Word of God said. We're speaking the language of faith. And people, people said, boy, they're so positive. Well, when you're a faith person, you are. But there's a lot of counterfeits, too. They don't know the language, but they're positive, And so they get very little in life. That really matters. Amen? Is this helping anybody? Amen. We're talking about the language of faith. And so every time you learn a Bible verse... Now listen to this. This is the kind of stuff if I was sitting out there and I was new at this, or if I'd been around a long time and I was hearing things I'm getting ready to tell you, I'd be writing them down. Every time you learn a Bible verse on healing, you just become more fluent in the language of faith. Amen. Every time you learn a Bible verse on love and forgiveness, you just learned another phrase to incorporate in your language so that when you're speaking the language of faith, you can make a complete sentence now. Man, this is nuggets of gold right now. This is things you need to get a hold of. As I said, I've never learned any other languages. I just joked around but I did. But I know this, how it works, that people learn phrases. I know when I went to Kiev over in I, I, I went over to Kiev years and years and years ago, it, and uh, I remember over there, this before they had, we didn't have smartphones, all that stuff. I took a couple books with me. That had phrases in it, you know, where's the bathroom? <laughs> and, and, you know, taxi and things like that. And so if I would have at that time been serious and got some phrases out of that book, I might have been able to make a sentence. But every time that you learn a Bible verse on love and forgiveness, on financial victory on freedom from addictions. Every time as a believer, as you go through things of life, this is how I can talk complete sentences and paragraphs and books in the language of faith now, why I'm so fluent in it, because every crisis I went through, I'd find out what the Bible said about what I was going through to be able to get the victory in it. I'd learn those verses inside and out, upside down, right side up. I'd have my Bible by my bed, have my notebook by my bed, and during the course of the night, if I ever woke up, I'd look over there what the Bible said, chapter verse what it said, I would say it out loud, I'd go to sleep thinking about it. first thing I woke up, I'd look at it again. I learned verses that way, and I realized now I was learning more phrases of the language of faith, so I could begin to make complete sentences. Is this helping anybody? Amen. Just think about this, and you know probably some of you may have learned some foreign languages, you know, I know we have a lot of people that do speak. Uh, pretty good Spanish in this church and things like that and so I know that you probably started off learning phrases and as learning those phrases over time you got to where you could actually be able to communicate in it that's how faith works the exact same way and so uh, as you learn those new uh, verses it's up to you then now listen to this I'm going to make a statement it's up to you to speak your new language of faith or revert back to the negative language of the unsaved world Amen. I'll tell you what, for me, not, not knowing those language, not knowing those languages like that, it's a whole lot easier than me in Peru or uh, Honduras or wherever I was at. It's a lot easier for me to point. Just pointing stuff like that and hope somebody know what I was pointing at. Hope I wasn't getting cheated. But I, I was a little smarter than that. I always had somebody with me to speak the language except a few times. And the times I didn't, man, it was just so scary because I did not know what to do or what I would get. Because all I did was pointed. And so as Christians, you need to get a past the place of just pointing and just saying something like, uh, well, I, I want some of those stripes the pastor talked about. You talking about a candy cane? You want stripes? You don't know the language. All you know is about the stripes. Well, you want an American flag? It's got stripes. Well, I want some of the stripes that got me healed. Oh, you're talking about the stripes on Jesus' back, that by Jesus' stripes you were healed. Oh, you're just pointing, and you might get the wrong schnitzel. Amen. I'm talking about learning the language of faith. I want you to look at Philemon. That's one, it's a, it's just one chapter right before Hebrews. It's one little book. But I want to point you in the right direction to begin to develop a knowledge of the language of faith. This is a simple basic place to begin to learn the language so you can navigate through the spiritual realm of this earth. Did you know that the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad? And so if you could navigate in the spiritual arena... By learning the language of faith, then your natural life will change. You won't have to beg for money. You won't have to beg for favor. You won't have to beg for God to get somebody off your back. The language of faith will get it done in the spiritual reader, and then what's in the spiritual determines the natural. It's like the seed in the ground. When the seeds in the ground, you plant it. There's a there's a there's a time period where that seed has to begin to do things out of the ground, where the shell comes off. And then the little plant starts coming out, and then it starts coming up out of the ground. As it comes up out of the ground, you start, "Hey, there's something happening. That's how this is the faith arena." In Mark chapter four, that's what Jesus said. He said, first the blade, then the ear, then the full cord of the ear." So as you begin to speak these things and walk them by faith, not by sight, when well, we used to plant gardens in Indiana, it was able to do better out there than California. We plant these gardens, and it wasn't long until we saw something happening. But just because we didn't say anything yet, we didn't say it's not working. We know how the process works at seed time and harvest. We know it is working. We got good seed, we got good ground, we got rain, we got sunshine. So you know at some point in time, this thing's gonna start poking its little head up. And then things are gonna happen. That's how it is in the faith arena. You gotta be, you got you gotta have faith in the faith. That God said it, and that's the way it works. Amen? Amen. And so in, in, in Philemon, verse 6 says this that the communication of your faith may become effective how does your communication your communication isn't that the language doing some talking that communication of your faith may become effective by the acknowledging and I, I always I guess it's the Bible teacher gift in me I, I don't see words I see words in words Look at that A-C. What's the next four letters? K-N-O-W. You see it? That the acknowledging, you must know something first before you acknowledge something. Did you ever see any uh, court shows? They say, well, would you acknowledge this to be the truth? Well, they say, do you know this? Will you speak it out then? The acknowledging of every good thing which is in you in Christ Jesus. This is a great place to begin learning the language of faith number one you need to know and the only place you're going to know it from is the bible you know i, I, I look at rosalind to the college stuff you know we got college people in here i mean i don't know how many of you are going online to all the classes you're taking right now but the thing is you're never going to pass unless you know what they want you to know and you're not going to know what they want you to know if you never open the books if you don't get beyond, just open the books and read it one time. If you don't get beyond that, but getting serious about some studies so you can pass some tests, you're never going to get a degree. You've got to acknowledge. And acknowledge means you must be able to tell somebody else what you know. Amen. He says, the acknowledging, the acknowledging of every good thing that's in you. Every good thing that's in you. Every good thing that's in you. Every good thing that's in you in Christ Jesus. You've got to know it. You've got to talk about it. That's the language of faith. You've got to learn what's in you and you've got to talk about it. Now, I want you to go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and I'm going to give you a little example and a lesson. Nobody's talking about Del Taco growing home, right? Everybody's still in class. Nobody skipped a class, right? Everybody's here. Nobody walked out the door. Nobody said, this is boring. I've got to get to Del Taco. Okay? I want to make sure everybody's still hooked up, still ready to learn. Okay? I'll give you an example. And if this is something that you still say to this day, keep a straight face because, with all due respect, you're saying it because you've been taught wrong. You're saying it because you're ignorant of the Word of God. You're supposed to acknowledge every good thing said in you in Christ Jesus. But there's a very, very... Uh, consistent saying across the body of Christ well we're all just old sinners anybody ever heard that just old sinners saved by grace we're just a bunch of old sinners saved by grace well let's look at 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and see if that's what we're supposed to be acknowledging for our faith to be effective every good thing in Christ Jesus verse 17 Verse 17. Therefore, if any man, any human, any person be in Christ, he's a new creation. Oh, old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new and all things are of God. Well, if you have been made new, then you're an old sinner. But if you've been made new because you're in Christ, then you were an old sinner, but you've been saved by grace. There's a difference. Look at verse 21. Talking about God, what he did with Jesus. For he hath made him to be sin for us. Jesus not only took our sins, he became sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. If you're going to acknowledge every good thing's in you in Christ Jesus, then you need to get rid of that stuff. We're a bunch of old sinners. Anytime I've been in a church service anywhere... I've been to a lot of churches over the years, a lot of places. Whatever the deceived speaker gets up and says, well, you know, we're just a bunch of old sinners. First thing I do is I whisper real low so nobody hears me but Jesus. I say, Jesus, he's talking for himself. I'm not. I say, Jesus, I want to thank you that when I was an old sinner, I called upon your name. You saved me by grace. So I want to thank you, Jesus. That although I was an old sinner, I've been saved by grace. I do that every time. If I happen to hear a TV preacher or somebody say, Well, you know, we're all just a bunch of old sinners. I don't stay quiet. I don't make a scene. I just say, Jesus, he's talking about himself. I pray for his salvation. You're either an old sinner or you're a new creature in Christ. Which are you? And what am I talking about now? That's very basic language of faith talking. You've got to learn. You've got to learn the language of faith. If you can't learn that basic, it's going to be hard to learn the rest. Amen. Do you see what it says? It says in verse 21, he made him to be sin for me. He knew none. He made him to be sin for me. Why? So that I could be made the righteousness of God in him. Am I an old sinner saved by grace? No, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. The Living Bible really explains it very well. The Living Bible says that God took the sinless Christ and poured all my sins into him. And then he took my life and poured all of his goodness into me. And so I have his righteousness, his goodness in me. I am not trying to be righteous. I am righteous. Now, the holiness is a different thing. Look at 1 Peter two twenty. Go ahead. Look at 1 Peter 2.24 now. And this is some more lesson in the language of faith. I love it when I get in a role like this. How many can tell when the anointing of God's really working on a speaker? And the gift of God's working. It just comes out so fluent. I'm not bragging on me. I'm bragging on Jesus. And the grace of God and the gift of God to recognize it because it happens to every one of you every day if you're walking with Jesus you just recognize that the spirit of God begins to move but 1 Peter 2.24 goes along with 2 Corinthians 5 <clears throat> and this is the language of faith and so see you just learned another phrase in the language of faith you are the righteousness of God in Christ that's one of your, that's one of your phrases somebody says well who are you Raven? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ but what, what language are you talking in? I'm talking in the language of faith what planet are you from? Well, they call it heaven. You have to know how to respond to people. <clears throat> but First Peter 2.24... <clears throat> talking about Jesus says... Who is on self, bear our sins, his own body on the tree. How many different ways does God have to say it? You're not an old sinner anymore. Jesus took your sins. He became sin. He gave you his goodness, his righteousness. See, Jesus took your own sins and his body on the cross that we being dead to sins should live under righteousness. I'm dead to sin because I have a new nature. The inside of me is dead to sin. The inside of me is righteous. Now look at this, explaining the difference between righteousness and holiness, that you should live under righteousness. You should live under righteousness. Why is that? Because that's what you got on the inside. You need to get on the inside, showing up on the outside. And the number one key To get that show up on the outside and start talking about it. Confess that every good thing you are in Christ. And then, because of time, I'm not going to go through a whole lot more scriptures. Because of time, it says, should live under righteousness. Well, when you transform your lifestyle to living on the outside, what you are on the inside, that's called holiness. Simple definition of holy is be without sin. And so when you choose... That I'm going to live right according to what's in me, you're living holy. And so none of us are completely holy. But every day, the more we choose to make right decisions with what's in us, that's a holy decision. And then you become a more holier person. And then at the first chapter of 1 Peter, I'm not going to go there because of time. It says, Be ye holy, for I am holy. It says, Be ye holy. How did be ye holy? Well, you know, for me, it's amazing. I don't, I don't surf the internet doing that stupid stuff. I got, I got emails I look at and uh, I, I, I glance at Facebook sometimes if it's a church thing going on, wanting to see something. It amazes me the dirty, nasty stuff flashes across that screen. And when I choose, <clears throat> my eyes aren't going to go there just to flip that. That was a holy decision. On the inside of me, Jesus does not want to see a half-dressed woman. He doesn't want to look at that. And so when I make that decision, no. And then sometimes, I, I mean, every time that stuff flashes across my phone or something like that, first thing I do is I find out the way to need it, the block to tell him I don't want this. I do that stuff there. But that's called righteousness in me, showing up on the outside of me. And that's called holiness. And so for the language of faith, you need to start learning verses every time. You've learned a verse. It's just like learning a language. Uh, you know, like I said about me, I'm kind of goofy sometimes. Sometimes a Spanish-speaking person will say, Ola, and I say, I like Pepsi-Cola. Just making little jokes like that, which was wrong, but making little jokes about things. And uh, Down in Mexico, a place I've been, they'll say, uh, I don't know what, which one it is, Whether what one about bonus nachos. What's, what's that? Anyway, whatever. the, I just always made little jokes about things like that. But then the more you learn the real phrases, you know, senora, senorita, and gracias, donatas, and all those things. And every time you learn a word and put two or three words together and to learn phrases, you become more fluent. And then you can be able to talk with people in that language more. And so the more that you learn Bible verses, you're getting fluent in the language of faith. The easier it is to communicate with your home country... And the easier it is to talk to other faith people, and then the easier it is for you to start learning phrases you've learned to other people that don't know them yet. You need to teach people. Like the last part of this verse, by his stripes you were healed. Did you see that last part? I didn't go that far, but by his stripes you were healed. The ladies of faith says, I'm not going to get healed. He says, I am healed. And so because I have what I said, I'm going to start confessing my healing. And I always do something to activate that healing. Hands laid on me. I lay hands on myself. Somebody lay hands on me. And then I can say, healing's working in me now because hands have been laid on me. That's the language of faith. Well, how you doing, Pastor? I don't. Well, the doctor said, no, nope. by his stripes I am healed. Now, the natural, the doctor said this, but I believe I'm getting better every day because Jesus said I shall recover. That's the language of faith. That's not being positive. It's positive because the word's positive. Amen. That'll help anybody? amen amen let's stand up we'll give the lord a hand amen you know i'd, I'd like to teach this language school sometime ernest I'd, I'd just like to teach this school sometime to learn more teach more of this to people hallelujah if, if you got something out of that give the lord some praise amen <clears throat> amen that's what we want to do is help people and uh you know i'll, I'll say this if Things I spoke tonight were way over your head yet. Well, then just learn the language more, come and show up more, learn the language more, and begin, begin to learn to start speaking the language in everyday life. If somebody asks you how you're doing out there, that may not be a Christian or somebody else, and you don't want to make a bad confession because you might be having a bad day, might be all stuffed up or messed up, you don't have like that. If you can't learn the language of faith, learn the language of silence. Just stare up and say, well, glory to God. Everything's great. Love you, Jesus. Amen. Just say something. And then if you can speak the language of faith, just tell them, you know what? How you doing, Dave? By his stripes, I was healed. I say, well, that's good to know, Dave. Glory to God. I'm in agreement with you, man. The power of God's working in your body. You know why? We both speak the same language and we know what we're saying. We're saying right now, the healing power of God's working in my body. That's how I'm doing. Amen. The language of faith. Josh, let's worship the Lord. Hey, Amen. Let's just worship for a second, see where he wants to go. Mrs. Pastor coming up. Amen. Amen. Yeah, who, who, who's, who's the altar team? Katie, you don't even have to think about it. You're Mrs. Pastor Jr. Actually, you're senior. I better watch what I say now amen well, let's worship the lord and see if he gives us anything and if he does we will and if not that you come up for prayer but let's just worship for a minute and let's 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 just leave the door open for the holy spirit to move amen let's just worship we got something we can all worship with josh
2: it's your breath in our lungs so we pour out our praise And so we pour out our praise to
3: you only. Let, let me give some more instructions. Don't back them up for prayer yet. The Lord's given you something already, so we'll let Him get prayed for. But just stay where you are until we do that, because may not be doing it that way tonight.
2: You give life. darkness. You give hope. You restore every heart that is broken. Great In our lungs. And so we pour out our praise to you only.
3: only. Great. Are oh, you Lord? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Well, the Holy Ghost, as soon as we started worshiping, how many know that Jesus likes us to worship Him too? He likes us to give Him some time and not to have our schedule set and say, Lord, this is the way we're going to do things every time, this is the way we do things. There's a way that seems right to the man. But it's not the way God wants it done sometimes. But anyway, as soon as as we started worshiping, he said, that it's me just as clear as a bell. There's another language. There's another language. You can't learn it, but it's a gift. It's called your prayer language. It comes with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. It comes being filled with the Spirit of God. And I'm not teaching on this tonight. But in the New Testament, it teaches very plainly that there's more than born again. Born again gets you to heaven. You name the Lamb's Book of Life. You get filled with the Spirit, begin to speak with tongues. More of heaven begins to come to you and work through you. And you don't learn tongues. It's a gift from God that comes with the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is not tongues. But when you receive the filling, infilling of the Holy Ghost, you begin to speak with tongues. And so the Lord said this. There's people here that have been filled with the Spirit but haven't been speaking in their prayer language. There's people here in the church that have never been filled with the Spirit. And God wants to fill you with the Spirit tonight. And if you've been stagnant, he says in the Word of God, stir up the gift in you. And then it teaches that when the apostles laid hands on people, they were refilled. They got more. And so I want Josh to keep that atmosphere of praise for Jesus and just keep it stirred up in here. But, as I said this morning, your conscience is the voice of your spirit. And so many times it's easy out of fleshly embarrassment to say, I don't want to go up there. But when you know down in your heart that the Holy Spirit said, go up there, that that means he wants to bless you. And so if you need stirred up, begin to pray in tongues again, you need to come up here. I'm going to lay hands on you. And if you've never been filled with the Spirit before and spoke in tongues, come up here. I will lay hands on you because Jesus wants to give you a language you don't learn, but it's a gift. Amen. So let's keep on worshiping everybody else. If nobody comes up or whatever, but if you stay out there and somebody comes up, worship. Jesus with us, and that helps the Holy Spirit to be free to move in the church. Amen. Amen. Go ahead, Josh. Come up if you want it.
2: It's your breath in our lungs. So we pour out our praise and pour out our praise. It's your breath. These bones will sing the grave.
3: I'll tell you what, a few people got blessed because they were bold enough to come up and things broke loose in them. Things been there, hadn't, hadn't worked for a while. We got people up here praying in tongues again. And before we close it out, I want to give you the opportunity if you've been bashful, too bashful to come up, then you need to make a step of faith to come up and give what God's got when it's... With 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 the waters flowing, you got to get in. Amen. So if you need something before we close it down, come up here. Let us lay hands on you and get you stirred up. Amen. I knew there was another one. Amen. Hallelujah. Just keep on worshiping. Amen. me. We have three languages: speak our native language down here, speak our real native language from heaven, and then our heavenly language of tongues. Amen. Isn't that often? I speak three languages. How about you? Amen. Uh, let's see, uh, Melinda. Okay, you get the white tongues for her. Amen. I got to have a gift for you. She'll give you a book. It'll help you study with study with your language. Bible, amen, amen, well how many believe that God was here tonight, amen, Jesus did something for us tonight, I'm so grateful, so grateful that we got to have a very, very many listen in language school tonight, it was just a small lesson, but if you'll take that Philemon 6 that I gave you and start saying in the Bible what God says is in you because you're a Christian, start speaking that, then guess what? You're starting to learn the language even more than you did before. And then the most important thing is, when you learn those phrases, don't revert back to unsaved people talk. Don't revert back to carnal talk. Somebody asked me, when I was going through things, how you feeling? I told them I don't go by how I feel, I go by what the Bible says. The elders of the church prayed over me, me and all the prayer of faith has healed me, and so I don't go by feelings. But if I was tell you how I feel, feel right now, I'd say, I feel like I'm going to drop over dead, because that's what the doctor said. But I said, I don't live by feelings, and by faith, so I speak that language. Five drops, I was healed, so guess what? I am healed, because I have what I say. That's the way it works. Don't go back. Don't go back to that other language, the language of the world. Speak the language of faith. If the Bible doesn't say it about you, don't say it. If the Bible says it about your family, say that about your family. Amen? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. He'll save me and save my house. That's what I say about my family. And we go into lesson number two, but we can't do it. So we have to stop. Well, let's raise our hands. Father, we want to thank you in the name of Jesus that we may be in the world, but we're not of the world. We want to thank you that greater is he that's in us than he that's in the world. We want to thank you that we can speak your word, and your word always gets results. And Lord, we want to thank you that we know Jeremiah twenty-nine eleven for all of our lives and our families have a good plan, not for evil, but to give us a future and a hope, Lord, a good future. We thank you, Lord. That's what we're speaking. Nothing but the best. The best is yet to come, Lord. Every day's better and better because we're following you. We thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> now are we ready for the language of faith? over Barstow why we speak faith over Barstow because we're faith people this is our assignment we're not here by chance or accident some of us are transplants some of us were born here regardless we have authority here and responsibility here to say what God says amen and guess what he will bring it to pass are we ready we declare that Barstow is a blessed city our families are blessed our schools are blessed